0: It was once said that in any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing, the next best thing is the wrong thing, and the worst thing you can do is nothing. But is that really true? The decisions we make can haunt us forever. The hope that we can leave them behind could often be futile, like a muddy stain on a white sheet. A bad decision can be something that defines us, that can make every other part of us of no consequence. And it's here, in the midst of a battle a thousand years past, that we come across Cal. a powerful man, a man of action, and a man that should maybe just do nothing at all. Now sit back and relax to this week's episode of A New Winter, Cults and Culture, called... A fool's mission. above the battlefield in the courtyard of our enemy's castle i thrust my sword into the oncoming attacker and took a step back cow i heard again i spun round in time to see another iron-clad enemy swing his sword up from the ground i threw mine in its way clumsily but effectively i grabbed the man by the throat saw the fear in his eyes and proceeded to squeeze my fingers until the life left him couldn't help but feel a tingle down my spine. This is what I lived for. It's what I did best. It's what I love. Cal! I heard, the voice clearly annoyed now. It was from Lord Madiel, my king. Go up there and finish his guards off, quickly! By oh, myself? I shouted back, but I knew there would be no answer. I stretched my right arm out trying to give it some relief from the constant jostling of swords over the last hour I managed to slip up the flight of stairs leading to the grand chamber at the door I saw two guards poised with spears and shields ready to attack should I come nearer I double checked behind me no one else was following it was just me and them I threw my head back and took a deep breath Uh, I was exhausted come on I said, turn yourselves in and let's save ourselves some effort, shall we? They both looked at one another. They couldn't have been older than twenty, little more than half my age. I took another look behind my shoulder, just in case. If you want to do this, then fine. But I highly recommend you turn about and run, I continued. Then the one on the right dropped his spear and shield and ran. I laughed. No much of a mate. Is he? why don't you join him? Makes things easier. But the boy stood there, shaking, but unmoving. I have to admit, I admired him. When you're looking death in the face, and you're gambling that maybe the gods will protect you, then that is sheer faith and devotion. Or stupidity. But I like to think he believes he'll be saved. Reason why I like it, of course, is that once I watch him die, I'll get the added pleasure... Then he'll realize there's no such thing as a higher power. You'll see the disappointment and fear run across his face quick as a flash. And, in some weird way, it makes me feel more powerful than any god he believes in. I step forward and almost immediately he thrusts with his spear. I casually knock it to one side with my sword, grab the spear with the other hand and pull him towards me. Down the steps. As he lays on the floor in front of me, trembling, I lift my sword up and stare directly into his eyes. Then I thrust it down into his soft, pale neck. Blood gushes out like I've popped a spot. And I keep looking at him, watching that realization dance across his very soul. There's nothing there, mate. You're alone. You're dead. Once that's done, I skip up the last few steps to a pair of giant wooden doors. Now in behind here is the king of cunts and his merry men. Deep breath. Here we go. I open the doors, and there's no way to be subtle by opening a door like this. I mean, it creaks over the whole bloody kingdom. As I enter, I see six black knights guarding the king. In fact, they're guarding him so well, I can't even see him. I'm just presuming he's there, in the middle of this little circle they formed around him. Now, I'm a big guy, but these guys are huge. They have long horns of some sort coming out the top of their evil-looking forehead helmets, which make them look even bigger. I can't help but think, God, what an arseache this is going to be. Come on, then, I sigh, and raise my sword ready. They all come at me at once. The first is overcommitted by a long shot. He's probably been bored standing there this whole time. And so I'm able to dodge his first attack and bring my sword up and under his armour, spilling his guts. I won't kill him for a good five minutes, but we'll keep him out of the way. The next two are more pensive, now that lives in their mate go down so quickly. They start to circle me. <laughs> like that, is it? So I rush in before they try and flank. I pick up a nearby chair and throw it at one of them. And in that split second... Where his arms are up blocking being hit by the chair I'm able to push my sword underneath his arm and essentially through his armpit. It's probably the most ridiculous yet advantageous move in my repertoire. It's easy as fuck and it always works. After that cheap shot I know I don't have long for the others to attack. I'm able to block an attack and kick one away while I slice the head off another. I run and tackle the one I kicked back to the floor before he could even stand up. I pin his right arm down grab a dagger with my other hand and thrust it into his eye, and then the other. The scream pierces through me like a knife before I keep stabbing away, hoping I've reached his brain. The last one stands directly before the King Lucius. This leader of men is tiny, old, his rich colourful attire hanging off his skeletal frame. As I stand up and stretch my back out, he puts a hand on his guard's arms and ashes him to one side. There's no escape in this, I see now. Dost thou thinketh me wicked? I shook my head. Nah, I was promised a small fortune, that's all. I'm not really fussed about politics. Neither am I, the old king said. This man here guards me. I guard the below. I plead with you now, step away. "'No harm will come to thee. "'Should you persist, it will not be me that should defeat you.' "'No, I gathered that,' I muttered. "'Come on now. us What's going on?' "'A little girl walked out, short blonde hair, pretty face, "'and dressed in a rather humble dark green dress. "'She couldn't have been more than, I don't know, fourteen. "'Be gone with you, dearest,' King Lucius said, quickly now. "'What's going on?' the little girl repeated. The confusion now turned into anger. Come on, get her out of here. Don't go thinking I'm above killing her. She won't protect you. Do as you must with me, but all I ask is you don't harm the girl. I shook my head at this ridiculous display of bravery and bowed low in mockery, as you wish. And with that, I marched forward, took down the last remaining guard with a quick flurry of slashes and drove my sword right through the king's stomach before pulling my blade out, slowly, watching the king wide-eyed in the face of his own mortality, and then a final swing to cut off his head. No, the girl screamed. She ran over and threw herself on top of this decapitated body, quietly sobbing. I ventured towards the door and shouted, All done, mate, in the hope King D'Amadiel could hear me and then stood there waiting, looking at the girl, not knowing what to do. I gave her a little smile. "'You monster!' she screamed at me. I rolled my eyes and took another look out the door for the rest of my troops. Still some fighting going on. there would be a while yet. Might as well have a rest. "'How could you?' she continued. "'He was such a sweet old man.' "'They're all sweet old men,' I sighed. People have selective memory. They don't like hearing about what they did to get there. The slaughter, the rapes, the greed, all that. That's forgotten about. I'll bet when I get old, someone will be at my deathbed all the same, crying, he was such a sweet old man. You won't live that long, I promise you, the girl spat. Ah, but you see, these be funny times. I'm not like your king there. I'm lucky, you might say. Come from a long line of lucky folk. We don't tend to die before we don't want to. A gift passed down from my father. Maybe you've heard of him. Dorita. The firstborn? She muttered quietly. Yes, ironically, I'm the firstborn of the firstborn. Ah, here we go. I took a step back and in entered Damadio Tired and bloody from battle. You did it, Cal, he muttered. You killed him. Did you not wait for me to finish the last blow? Didn't want to risk it, my lord, just in case. Fine, I hope you realise I'll be taking the credit for this. Well, fine by me. I shrugged. Demadiel then threw open the doors as far as they could go and shouted as loud as he could. King Lucius is dead. I am now your king and you shall bow. And just like that, As I looked upon what little life was left within that castle, the fighting stopped and they all bowed. Even the enemies, well, they knew that they were defeated. I could tell when fighting them, there was no heart in their battle, just the instinct to stay alive. The girl came and stood by me. I think, she said slowly, playing with the hem of her dress, that I am in danger here. I looked down and could see the fear in her eyes. I had no idea who she was, what her name was or anything about her but something within me didn't feel right that she should be left to fend for herself. The softness that you gain from having children yourself it never really leaves you. It's stronger than any fear or hate. It's the need to protect, to be responsible for something more than just yourself and I knew I'd have to do something about it. I know you hate me, I said. But stick with me and no harm will come to you. I gave that sweet old man of yours my word after all, didn't I? Now just keep quiet and stay in my shadow because tonight's going to be chaotic. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Later that evening, we feasted, celebrating our victory. I drank and drank, but in my entire life, I've never been able to get flat out drunk. Pointless, really, but I like to join in the fun. Next to me sat the girl, her sad eyes, a forlorn expression. She was really putting a downer on this whole thing. Ever singing and dancing and general rowdiness? No one looked twice at the girl. I knew what they were thinking. Her uh, stick is so close to me and all, but I didn't care. It wasn't like that. And no one would dare say otherwise. Well, to my face anyway. I'm going for a piss, I said out loud. Not to anyone specifically. And started walking towards the exit to have a slash in the courtyard. But once I ventured out there, I could see two men going at it with each other. Sex-wise, not fighting-wise. Though, well, at that moment, it didn't look like there was much difference, to be honest. They suddenly stopped and turned round. Oh, don't mind me, I shouted. Probably louder than I should. I walked a little further into the corner of the courtyard, snickering as I went. As I got my sausage out and started pissing, I looked down to see something was wrong. What was that? Oh, some pissing plot! There wasn't much light out here now, and it was difficult to see, but my my piss seemed to definitely be darker than it should. Then I realized that my piss was essentially washing away some of the blood on the stony floor, but this this wasn't from the bowel, this was fresh. I quickly finished my business and looked around. In a trail of blood led around the perimeter of the courtyard into a to a cellar of some sort. A chain that kept the doors locked had been broken and thrown to one side. I looked back towards the jeering of the party. Ugh, should I even bother with this? I could just go back and enjoy my evening. I <sighs> threw open the doors and shouted into the darkness. Hello? Is someone out down there? I pulled out my sword, ready for what may lurk in that darkness. I took a step in, and suddenly a hand gripped my ankle. I took a step back and readied my sword. Whoa there, I heard from the dark. It's okay. I come in peace and out of the shadow stepped a soldier, smiling, happy as Larry. Blimey, took a deep breath. What are you doing down there? Just having a look, he answered as he closed the doors. Someone bleeding down there? No, no, no. I did spill some wine as I was walking around, though. So go on, then, what's down there? Well, why don't we take a look? He began to open the door again, and suddenly something didn't feel right. The stillness was almost hurting my ears. It felt less like an invitation and more like a beckoning. No, I'm all right. I'm going to go back to the party. Just just needed to take a piss first. The soldier smiled. Suit yourself. He beamed back. A moment longer than I would have liked. I pretended to take another piss as I watched him go back to the party. I thought he might turn back to look at me, but he never did. I looked back at the cellar door. This mystery, slowly enchanting me, but why? Bollocks, I thought, and decided to leave it. I ventured back to the party and saw it was in full swing, like nothing had happened. There, by my seat, was the girl. The next to her, a big sweaty oaf, trying to chatter up. I walked on up to him to say something along the lines of, Oh, come on, he won't mind. Get out of here, slapped the man out of the way. You alright? The girl nodded. I looked across the room to see the soldier from the cellar whispering to another soldier at his side. The second soldier was ginger, young and skinny and clearly had been badly hurt during the battle. Right eye had been bandaged over, his left hand seemed to have been cut off clean, leaving a stump. The boy listened intently and they both motioned back outside. This lanky ginger boy walked off, well, as best he could and the soldier stayed watching the festivities. His eyes looked around the room and met mine. He nodded and smiled in a rather awkward fashion, and I nodded back. I don't like this, I muttered to myself. The girl looked up. What? She said. Nothing, I answered back. Are you really the son of Dorita, the firstborn? She asked out of nowhere. Well, what makes you think that I'm not? I started chewing on a piece of tough bread. Because he's a myth, isn't he? Is he? Stop answering questions with questions. It's rude. right, then. Ugh, you're infuriating. The girl crossed her arms and I laughed to myself. (laughs) Pity the poor bastard that would end up marrying her. I tucked into more food and wine and then saw something that gave me a chill like nothing else. Right down my spine. That ginger lanky boy came back in. Right as rain. No bandages, nothing. His right eye intact and his left hand having apparently grown itself back. He nodded to the soldier from before. Then other people started coming up to him, looking at him, amazed. It started causing a stir. More people came by. They looked at his hand at his eye. What's happening? The girl said. Then the group made their way outside. Stay here, I said, and quickly ran out after them, catching up before they could reach that cellar. Well now, I said, and ran in front of them. Cow, what are you doing? "'said the ginger boy. I, 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 "'To be honest, I'm I'm not really sure. "'I just don't think that anyone else should go down there.' "'Why, cow?" the boy said with a smile. "'He was starting to creep me out. "'I've never felt better. "'Come down, you'll see. "'No, why, 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 what's down there? "'You'll see, it's beautiful. "'Look, come down with us and we'll show you.' "'The boy started to move forward. "'Now wait, wait.' I put my hand against his chest. Things like this don't just happen. I don't trust it. Now I say we shut this off until King Damadio decides what we should do. You think he'll be all right? All this going on under his nose and him not knowing. This seemed to work. People shifted uncomfortably. There were some murmurs. So we're going to go look it up. Go tell our king and he'll decide what to do. I gathered up some rope laying nearby and fastened the cellar doors together as tightly as I could. I looked down. I did feel a slight pull towards going down there, seeing what all this fuss was about, but... No. I didn't trust it. This was some kind of magic, and I didn't want to risk that. I'd been around some dark magic before, real horrible stuff, and it never ended well. We were so close to victory. I've taken over the entire land, and I wasn't going to let something like this ruin it. We all returned to the grand hall, but I made sure I stayed at the back, making sure no one changed their mind. As we walked back in, most of the people were still celebrating, unaware of what was happening outside and this predicament we were now in. Probably for the best. The girl snuck up from behind me and demanded to know what was happening. Has something happened? she asked. I pushed her to one side and went up to my king. I couldn't be dealing with her right now. He was already surrounded by those who had come in from outside and he looked confused. I just caught the end of what he was saying. And you feel no pain? None. It was that ginger lad. Oh, he was really creeping me out now. My king, I beg of you, let's leave this magic alone. It's not right. We don't know what's down there. The boy answered back. It's just a warm sensation and then that's it. Suddenly, you're back to normal, Back to how you were before. I shook my head. That tells you nothing, my king. Let's leave the door closed. We need to move quickly in order to fight the rest of these loyalists. Let's take our ships and leave at first light. It's too dangerous with all our men here. We can leave a small team to investigate once we're gone. How about that? The looked around him. By now the party had stopped as everyone knew something was up. He knew he now had an audience. So he looked back at me. Cal, if this could help our injured and replenish our numbers, it could be a real asset. I admit you are more experienced with this kind of magic, but I don't want what happened to your family cloud your judgement here. Tell me truly, what do you think is the best course of action here? Well, low blow. My family. My wife, Catherine. My daughter, Mary. I can hardly remember their faces now. I've tried so hard to forget about them. Overtaken while I was out getting pissed. Sacrificed to some dark god or other. Old time, I was just passed out. Come back home to be told what had happened. Their corpses were found burnt at the stake in a nearby field in some kind of ritual. Their beautiful faces, scorched, flesh in tatters, yet strangely recognisable. I hated myself for it, and I still do. Should have been there. Should have done something. (sighs) If it was truly up to me, I said, and with absolutely no bias. I would burn whatever is down there and never speak of it again. I would also keep these ones locked away and put under guard, pointing to the ones who had already ventured down. The Demadiel looked at me. I knew he was trying to gauge how serious I was, and I held his stare. We'd been through a lot, him and I. We'd taken over these lands together under his name. But it was more than that. We'd fought together from our early days as highway robbers. Young men who didn't know any better than how to wield a sword. He knew me better than anyone. And he knew I was deadly serious. But what is this based on, Cal? My gut. And the fact I find this guy very strange. The ginger boy didn't even react. Demario nodded and turned away. Let me do nothing for now. I'll sleep on it. In the morning... If I do wish, then we'll burn it down. These men here will be guarded as per Cow's recommendation and we will sail out tomorrow and continue to our next destination. Yes, my king. I bowed and smiled as everyone else did in the room. Wait, I heard the girl behind me. Wait, please, don't burn down the cellar. You know what's down there? The D'Amanio asked, walking slowly towards her. That's, uh, she took a deep breath. All I know is that's what people called the below. Something living underneath our castle. Something that no one was ever allowed to see. What is it? One soldier asked. I don't know, the girl replied. What does it do? Shouted another. I don't know, the girl shouted back, frustrated. The only person that knew was killed by this idiot. And she pointed towards me. Well, she certainly had a flair for the dramatic. Look, if anything, she's proving my point right, yeah? So, say we don't burn it down for whatever reason, but we... Just then I noticed a commotion in the back. There were a few screams. stood on a nearby chair and saw black tentacles flying through the air, like snakes or whips flicking against nearby people as they tried to escape. The tentacles were emerging from a soldier, being kept afloat about four foot off the ground. His eyes were dead. His body, some kind of source for these black tendrils that flew around him. Suddenly the half-man, half-octopus thing stopped still. It was shaking, until from it came a loud, guttural, animalistic sound that shook me to my core. Make sure to come back next week for part two of A Fool's Mission, or go to patreon.com slash a new winter. And sign up to listen to it right now. We're on Instagram and Twitter at A New Winter. Or you can email us on a New Winter podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you for listening.